Athletic Brewing. I cracked open an Upside Dawn Golden Athletic Brew. And let me say this. No matter what you're looking for in a great non-alcoholic beer, the answer is always athletic. Great flavor? It's athletic. Award-winning styles? It's athletic. Huge variety? It's athletic. Fit for all times. That's a registered trademark, guys. Enjoy them anytime, anywhere, without ever slowing down your summer. Beach days, music festivals, swim meets, camping, late nights, early mornings, literally wherever summer takes you. And here's the best part to me, zero hangovers the next day. Mm -hmm. This summer, ask for the only non-alcoholic beer or brew you need to know. Athletic. Head to askforathletic.com to find it near you and use code TA2024 to get 15% off your first online order. That's code TA2024 at checkout for 15% off your first order. Near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company. Fit for all times. And welcome to uh, what happens. I think it's still your favorite. I know Rates and Barrels with Britt, who's uh, now featured as one of the best articles of the year on The Athletic, uh, could be inching up. But still, it's your most favorite show of the bi week, bi weekly, tri weekly, whatever it is, under the radar. With your friend of mine, Ian Kahn. Steve Gerner really likes your under the radar. He brings it up on phone calls. I appreciate that. And yeah. uh, my friend of I think everyone's really into the Joel Pinheiro episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. That's everyone's favorite podcast now. That's true. That might, Putting Joel Pinheiro on and having uh, him confront Chris Vaccaro for unanswered texts uh, looking for advice is probably the highlight of my career. <laughs> I think. That's Tell you it? what, man, Joel should do more stuff. He's good. He's like he's good. He's really good. Yeah, he had a live arm. I was always, I always kind of expected more out of him. Well, he uh, he actually said, so you know we talked fantasy football, and then at the end we just kind of asked like you know was this a was a thing where like you know do people give you crap uh, for fantasy like the same way you know now you're playing fantasy football you kind of see he's like no but like you know now I'm on Twitter but people sometimes say you you know that we that year you had 16 wins you helped me win. Uh, but also you didn't you didn't strike a lot of people out, and he's like, "Well, I'm a sicker ball pitcher, man. What do you want me to do? I pitched the contact." I remember I remember him having more of a live arm than that. You're part of the problem, man. Yeah, it must be. I am part of the problem. Actually, Ian Con Four though that was tweeted by Ian Con Four. He mentioned he didn't <laughs> strike enough people out. <laughs> Not Ian Con. You know, we do what we do. You do what you got to do. Uh, so today's show, uh, we're gonna have some fun. I think it's fun. I think it's going to be super fun because originally, well, I told these guys, like, I am i don't have any ideas. And DVR is like, why don't we do ADP? I'm like, yeah, what a great idea. So I wrote a rundown with all this ADP, and Ian's like, let's go deeper. So I'm very excited for that. Like, let's start at 200. Okay, as you will. Right? Yeah. We got some follow-up emails from last week's show. Maybe we'll put those at the end. So it's not They're like good. two shows in a row of Keeper League stuff, and we can actually get into some player talk and then finish it off. Is that cool? Sure, and it, you run the. It's your it's your game, and we're it's very our. grateful. It is our game, but you get to decide which what what our order is. I'm very comfortable with that. All right, let's talk some uh, some ADP. But actually, first, I just got to throw this out there because I find it hilarious. Uh, I'm back up in Syracuse uh, for the month. Yeah, uh, hanging out with Dr. Thomas Scotland. Are um, you hanging out with Dr. Tom? Because I no, I sent I'm not him hanging out with anybody. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. <laughs> hanging out with my parents. That's where the your story's brother, going. 
Your brother. Your well, my brother's actually he's t- he's taken. We'll see him again on Friday because they had to the he had to go to work and I don't know. It's a long thing. But basically, we're staying safe. So he's waiting the two weeks from when he was last in the office, and that's Good. this Friday. And we're gonna that's get drunk. The way we should be doing it. Yeah, Good. we're gonna get drunk Good on Benedictine. Dude, I need to get more of the strawberry um, rhubarb. liqueur. Yeah. Rhubarb. Yeah, man. Because what happened was um, I did, I think I said that I did this event at the American Museum of the, uh, uh, the, the Museum of the American Revolution last week, and I used my last bit of it on that in like a really classy glass because we were going to do a toast. Oh, that's awesome. So we did a classy glass. I hope you shattered them my- out. Uh, I could. I don't know. You talk to them way more than I do now. So yeah, I should probably do. But aren't you close? Like, can't you just I'm, make it? I'll, I'll I'm send close. You but it's North Country in December, man. That's like a. That's uh, true. It's, yeah, it's about to get snowy around here. Stuff, yeah. You know, I did. I did a podcast. I did a podcast. I did the CBS podcast last week. Very nice guys, Scott and Frank. Um, and it's great to be back with my men, my partners in crime, because you guys keep me in check. Did Shut you get up, into the Scott White Dynasty League? Did you? No, 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 man. I got it. I'm I'm dropping leagues. I'm not adding leagues. All right, I mean, fine. Yeah, this. Nah. Although I did have some thoughts after last week of, you know what? We should start this league. I got some reach outs from different people. Chris from Baseball Pods was like, you know, <laughs> I, you know, everyone's like, everyone wants to get in in the league. The, uh, the under the, I guess it's the under the radar keeper league. Hmm. All right. I mean, I'll find a partner. What if we did it by podcast and that'll make them pay <laughs> like think of it this way though what like, like we could team up the three of us i mean we'd kill each other over the course of a season but we could do well, it would just be ian's team basically well by july you'd be on the phone with ian and i'd be <laughs> fuming in the corner about something <laughs> stop <laughs> keeping it to myself no, no we'd, we'd no, be no. mad because we two to one him for everything last week <laughs> no we really didn't we really didn't no we i think i feel like dvr got a lot of what he wanted he didn't get everything look this is a new era in america we're gonna have to find our way to be happy with what we get politically and also understand that we're not going to get everything that we want but we have to do what's best for the group and that's how we should be moving forward as a nation ian's going political and now we're gonna get bad reviews again just a little bit political (laughs) and i'm getting a phone call i don't know if that came through on the thing but yeah so uh no that was that was a fun episode last week i really enjoyed it i did too talking dynasty yeah man come on now all right well maybe maybe that's actually dvr's got a great idea does he yeah, having each pod right. Then we don't have to exclude team. people, right? Because oh, we started talking yeah. about invites last week, and we invited sixteen people with two invitations apiece or three invitations apiece, right? But if we say the Rotowire pod gets a spot and CBS pod gets a spot, like that works, like that kind of cuts it down, and it's not a, a big lift for everybody. It's something that we could all kind of talk about. You know, we could have the sleeper and the bus guys could do one. Uh, we could get bat flip crazy to have a team. You know, we could throw one to anybody, and that Under would narrow rate, down. Uh, and baseball pods, Chris could have a team. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're going to do our rates of barrels because, like, was you know, you're going to be on two teams. You're going to coach two teams. Oh, that's a real pickle that you guys put me in. Yeah, I can't be on two teams. I have to choose. Uh, no, no. Let's 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 we'll slow down. Let's not make any decisions now. Why don't you send me an under the radar hat and a rates and barrels hat, and I will make a decision on Christmas morning. Oh God, <laughs> it's already done. We know what you're doing. I, yeah, that's all that's, right. I mean, that's Come a waste on. of a hat. I've just lost two hats. I just made a hat for you to, to for you to go through a. No, it would it would. I mean, there's a piece. And we of don't me, do though, hats that, here. We do wigs. We do what? <laughs> 
Oh, I'm just thinking about the, the Rates and Barrels logo with the multicolored bats. If you made a multicolored Rates and Barrels wig, it'd be like a clown wig. And what about our under the radar? We don't have our under the radar look. It's like black and red, right? Is that what it is? It's like a, our logo is it's very very serious logo. Yeah, we want. We a should logo. have a. We need a new logo. We I should put a George Washington wig on the dot. I mean, no, because George Washington didn't really wear a wig. But okay, so you were talking about Mike Pilucci. <laughs> yeah. So that's our show on ADP. Thanks for joining us, everybody. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week. Uh. Uh, yeah, right. everyone actually should. I don't. How did we even get? Oh, right. My, meanwhile, my family. We watched Bull last night as a family. That was the end of that story. On to Mike Pilucci. My parents DVR Bull apparently. So there you well, go. There you go. Uh, new Mike Bull, Pi- not old Bull. Mike Pilucci. Mike Pilucci. Yeah, the new it's Bull. It's Pilucci. This isn't Pilucci. I don't know. I Pilucci. All right, I, I owe him Pilucci. A, he wants in that league. He he very much wants in that league. Well, tell him to start a pod. See, but no, I'm not. Okay, keep going. Keep I'll tell you going. what. What if we put What if we put Mike with us and let DVR go scurry off to his favorite pod? I don't know that we need any more help. I don't know that there's any more help needed. To be <laughs> it's honest, not, it's not really more help. It's more just an inviting. Just more fun. More, and, more, uh, big, more big tent. More fun. What about What about OOTP? Are we going to rerun that? Because I know Pilucci has rebuilt the Texas Rangers and wants to do it. And you're, go ahead, say this bit about Time Traveler, because that's pretty funny. It's pretty, so those of you who followed OOTP in the off season, or, you know, before uh, before the season started, I guess, whatever that yeah. time was called. That was fun. I really did enjoy that. It yeah. was a good time. I was going it back. Really was. FSWA nominations are due this week, and I was going back and looking at stuff that we could clip out that was really funny. By the way, if I don't remember some awesome stuff that we did, please hit us up and, and let us know and remind us, because we're going to send it in for a nomination to try and win podcast of the year. Wouldn't that be fun? But fun. yeah, so we could, we could use some help if you remember some moments on some shows. Anyway, so Mike ran the Texas Rangers and made these crazy trades. He rebuilt the team, blew it up, and he's he did these moves. We talked about it a little bit last week. Ian brought it up a little bit last week, but then he made a joke on Twitter. Uh, I forget after which deal it was, but he's like, "Hey, David Dahl's next," as a joke, and the Rangers signed David Dahl, which I like. He's all the moves he made on the fake Rangers OOTP team. Trading Lance Lynn uh, for uh, uh, Magical. Yeah, Magical. And, and Dane Dunning. And Dane Dunning. That yeah, was a Dane Dunning. It was a bigger deal. I yeah. Got a lot of, I got a lot of pieces. I got some really good contracts, too. That Lance Lynn contract was so sweet. Well, this is about Pia Lucci, not about you. Sorry about that. But, I mean, like, he, everything went <laughs> completely, like, as he did it. It's, it's, incre- like, it, it's incredible. And it actually deserves a column of its own. Actually, you're right. I think it does. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. How I time-traveled. And came back and did the deals in OOTP. <laughs> Which, if he's a time traveler, it must have turned out well if he made those deals. So there you go. Man, I've always thought, I remember growing up, that Back to the Future movies, uh, Back to the Future 2, not as good as the Midnight Run, but Back to the Future 2, where uh, Donald Trump, because it was Donald Trump, it was based on Donald Trump, goes back in time and gets a baseball almanac or gets a sports almanac and then travels back in time and uses all of the uh, victories like and, and makes himself a ridiculous rich person. Um, I always wanted to do that. I was always like, God, that would be the way. Just get an old sports almanac and then become like a, a better. So that if Pilucci's doing that, that's that's pretty good. We'll, we'll know if he's putting a new pool into his house. <laughs> we'll see. We'll have him on a show. All right, let's get to ADPs now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. That good? Yeah. All right. Please. Cool. All right. Cool. ADP. Uh, all right. So let's forget about the top stuff then. Although I just want to do t- like the- there's a little point that I wanted to make with Tyler Glass now 49, Vlad 51, Judge 55, and Alonzo 60, and yeah. even Glaber Torres at 68. If you're doing a draft, you're not getting all of them. But if you're doing an auction and you just lay off the top 50 picks, mm-hmm. you could nail. Tyler Glass now, Vlad Guerrero Jr., Aaron Judge, Pete Alonso, Glaber Torres, uh, you know, for middling kind of prices. And you'd have to wait off a little while to your next spend. But you could get those, all those guys. Well, Glass now, probably about 23, Vlad 20, Judge, nah, he's not going for less than 25. Yeah. Alonzo, you could get for 18. Glaber, you could get, depending on where it is in the auction, you can get him for 20. So yeah, those five guys you could get for about 100 bucks, and you would have uh, a, a lot of power and not much else. Let's skip down to one. Yeah, but well, uh, Alonzo batting average, Judge batting average, Vlad batting average. What do you mean? What? Alonzo yeah. batting average? No. Alonzo hit like 290 in the minor leagues forever. He just had a bad year. Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I could I, be I would, wrong. This could be the real Chris, Alonzo in the two seventy one. Maybe not uh, two seventy. No, no, no. I, I'll go over under two fifty five for Pete Alonzo going into next year, and I'll take the under. Oh, should we start a new sheet? It's. I think the sheet's still going, but I would say Pete Alonzo two fifty five average. I'm taking the under. DVR. You've been mysteriously quiet. I would bet the under, but if you gave me the choice to not bet on that i would say that line is pretty good and i would just say someone else can bet on it that didn't make any sense yeah I'd, I'd go no, it made it. sense it made sense it's like when you see it like any other line right you look at it and you go that's probably about right but if you All said right. well you got to decide I'd, i would take the under but i don't think he's way under what if we gave you 245 i'd go over 245 all right yeah i'm just gonna stick with my 255 under i feel really good about that one Fair. Conforto's too low. 74. I mean, we can go deeper, but can we start at the top? Because I want to say just one thing about Louis Robert. <laughs> sure, man. You were the one who wanted to start deep. <laughs> no, I, I was the one who came up with the idea for the ADP. I was a little hurt that you gave it over to DVR. Um, Louis- Did you know? Did, did DVR write that text that had like the three choices? Gmail was broken. I think I texted you instead of both of you. Oh. Uh, no, because I just finished a 50... That's why I put in the ADP because I just did a 50 team, you know, the, the, the NFBC one hour. Oh my God, guys, I had like the, it was so rough because it's a one hour, which is tough. One hour is tough. And I was putting my kid to sleep and I didn't see it. So like people were waiting for an hour and then I was the 15th pick because I would like to be that. So I only have to think about it 25 times instead of 50 times or like deal with somebody who's running late 50 times. And I, I, I like missed it. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. I feel terrible. That'll never happen again. 
The next morning, the clock hits me at 8.15, and it was Saturday, and I slept until 10. And so it happened again. And I was just like, there's nothing to say. Because once you've apologized and sort of said, gosh, I'm really sorry, guys, that will never happen again. And then it happens again. It's just like painful. So, uh, it, but it was amazing. We did it in like eight days. Like seriously, like maybe a week. It was like we were doing like five rounds a day. So it was super fun. And it was, I really do recommend it. It's just a really good way to spend some time, especially with the holidays coming up. And one hour is intense, but, you know, it comes back to you fast. I was, that's how I was feeling. I came back, like reading the ADP. And it's almost like, I don't know if you guys are feeling this way, but I didn't have to pay as much attention to last year. And I don't know how much, I might put like 30% stock in last year's stats, if that. Um, I feel like, like I picked up right where I left off in like March. Like I'm still doing the same analysis. I'm still liking the same players. Not much has changed from March 2020 to now. Mm, not for me. Maybe it's different changed. for you guys. I don't know. It's different for me. I, I I take those 60 games into account a lot. Though not though, though I one of the best parts about those 60 game seasons is guys like Gary Sanchez, which you used to have to get in like the 80th pick or 110th, I think last year, is now falling to 200. Which is a real, there's just a lot of upside there. Cause if he could figure it out and if the Yankees are clearly going to keep him around, it's not going to be Yachty or Molina. So like there's, there's upside buys from guys who struggled last year for sure. Though guys like Pete Alonso, I'm like, yeah, he sucks. Right. So obviously I'm taking last year a little bit, too, maybe too seriously, but Louis Robert at 35, you're asking if it's too low. I don't think that's too low. I, I, he makes me nervous going into next year. Like I, 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 I think he's going to struggle a little bit. I don't think that the the giant years are coming now. I think he's. I, I would not touch him at thirty five. But not do you think that's too low? Like you, you would grab him in the twenties? I'm guessing. No, I was well. So I don't know if I would. I'd probably like I'd top him out at maybe twenty five thirty. Yeah, maybe twenty five thirty. But I, it just seemed like the general consensus. And maybe I'm just too deep into baseball card buying at the moment and seeing like his prices be super high. Uh, but it just seems like the fervor around. Robert is going to bring him up to like uh, maybe even higher than that. I think for a baseball card, you're right. Like for a base long term, Louis Robert, a lot of upside there. But for this year in ADP in in NFBC drafts, I don't know, man. I'm not touching. I'm not touching him at that price. DVR, would you touch him at that price? Would you buy him at that price? I should say. I'm leaning away at this point. Uh, I think I can't. I can't remember who tweeted this originally. But if you look at Luis Roberts. Last 50 games, just cut off the first 10 games from his game yeah. log. He hit 204, 276, 401 over 183 plate appearances. Nine homers, six steals. He walks a little. So I don't think he's going to be the kind of player who's a total disaster and doesn't play or anything like that. I think he's safely in the big leagues all year. But I think he's stuck yes. in the bottom third of the order. And he's going to go through some more growing pains. There's enough That's swing and miss in that approach where... For a third round pick, that's an early mid third round pick. Yeah, that's just not enough floor for me right now. So, at this point, out on Luis Robert for twenty twenty one. But to your point, and to what Nando was kind of hinting at, if you're thinking long term, I wouldn't write him off long term because of that. No, this, this was his big no, no, league no. debut, and he yeah. showed a lot of really interesting tools. He could easily develop into a superstar. I'm just not paying top dollar to find out if it happens quickly in 2021 let me ask you both this uh 
So after what he did last year, and I, I don't think people are going to remember the slide. I think they're going to remember how awesome he was early. Um, and let me put it. Let me also put it this way: I hate, dude. He had twenty-two home runs. Well, sorry, those are projections. He had uh, eleven home runs and nine steals in fifty games, which puts him at thirty, almost thirty-thirty. If you you know extrapolated or whatever. Um, and I, here's I hate doing this because it sounds elitist, but. NFFC, uh, NFBC, if you're drafting right now, you're sharp. Like, you're really into baseball. I think once we start seeing the ADP come March for ESPN, Yahoo, CBS, I think he's going to be 23, 24, 25. You know, what you're speaking to is the fun aspect of the game. I don't, I do not subscribe to that. <laughs> like, what do you mean? I mean, what I mean by that is like, what I've learned through the years of doing this now is if you're drafting an NFBC yeah. and you're trying to have fun in NFBC, you're going to get caught. Well, who's trying to have fun by drafting a 30-30 player, though? Yeah, uh, you're drafting the... I mean, I'd love to see his stat cast on his average against breaking balls. You know what I mean? Like, something shifted. People were like, all right, you can't throw him that pitch because he's going to hit that really, really far. And then they they changed it up on him, right? We see this all the time. It's like once a guy starts damaging the baseball, you're like, that guy's not going to hurt me. And it's the players, the Mookie Betzes of the world, who can make the adjustments to it. Can Louis Robert do it? Maybe he can. And if he can, awesome. I mean, I'm not saying he won't bring back 35 value. I just think the chances of that are about 15 to 20% for 2021. And so even as much fun as it is to have a Louis Robert on my team in, in, in that area, I'm going to look at who else is in that same area, the... 30, 35, you know, you can get Nolan Arenado at that same price. Alex Bregman at that same price. Tim Anderson on the same team. I would go with, I think I would do that. I would, and, and Eloy, who's at 41, I would take Eloy ahead of Louis Robert for 2021. Pretty sure I would do that every single time. Because I, I think he's been through the been through it a little bit more and seen more pitchers than and dealt with the adjustments. He's on the other side, you're saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't want to buy the adjustment period. You know, I rather wait and and, and and look, look at what happened with Joe Adele. We talk about this a lot about Joe Adele, but now's the time. If you want to buy Joe Adele, you can. Oh yeah. I, we did an episode last year, uh where Nando said, is there a player harder to buy in, in Dynasty right now than Joe Adele? The answer is no, is what he said, right? Remember? I remember yeah. this episode. Yeah, that was and, early. Yeah, that's no longer the case. So I don't want to buy guys when they're high ever, ever, ever. You really don't. Adele's One, ADP is 275.5 right now. Yeah. He's in, he's in Buster. He's below Buster Posey right now. Yeah, that's the point. Is what, that what these, are we doing they're, here? They're, <laughs> I mean, but that's but that's... Who who knows? And and what happens if Louis Roberts struggles? I mean, DVR said that he's pretty sure that Louis Roberts is going to be in the majors all year next year. Yeah, I'm pretty sure of that. But I'm about. I think it's about as. Oh, this is wild to say, and I can this can splat in my face. I think it's about as likely, eh, a little less likely, but it's almost as likely that he is back in the minors for a stretch next year to give him a chance to reset himself as it is that he's a top 35 player next year. I just don't, you know, I don't believe it. I I, I don't fully believe it. It was 2018 or 2019, one of those years where he just fell off the map. Remember? Like he was a top 20 prospect, top 15 prospect the moment he signed. And then he had a year, I don't remember which one it was, where he hit like 210 in double A. You know what I mean? So like that's that that stays with me. Maybe that was a struggle. 
Maybe, but that was against double A pitchers. So, you know, he then yeah, graduated that. 16 year old. Not as a 16 year old. I don't know. But, but you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, DVR, am I making sense or am I making, or am I, am I making smells? No, because it is in the range of outcomes that he gets demoted to triple A for a stretch. That is possible. I think he's a good enough defender and I think they want him there all season. So they probably won't do it, but it could happen. And I think you're right, expecting him to return profit from where he's going to be a first or right. second rounder is asking a lot. Looking at the splits for a second, against breaking balls, Luis Robert hit seven of his 11 home runs against breaking balls. He actually struggled more with fastballs than with breaking pitches last year. Huh. Didn't do as much damage okay. on fastballs. I would have expected basically the, a reverse of what we have. I would have expected seven homers on fastballs and a handful on breaking stuff and a lot of whiffs on breaking pitches, which he did have. I mean, he did have some concerns with swing and miss on breaking and off-speed pitches. There are definitely flaws there. But just because there are flaws doesn't mean we should throw out the tools because there's plenty to like. I think throwing the Adele thing out there is just important because this is the best possible time to get Adele in a keeper league. Probably the last chance to get him at anything that's not a lofty price. I think even if he takes a while to become the player that prospect analysts expect him to be, we're not talking about Joe Adele as a player who's in the back of the top 300 overall going into drafts this time next year, right? It's going to be at least a small step forward from him this Mm -hmm. season at a minimum. And I'm in 10 times out of 10 if he stays outside that top 250. If you don't like what you see a few weeks into the season in a redraft league, you can drop him at that price, and it doesn't burn you. You can move on, find somebody else in the outfield, and get on with it. Now, I think the problem with Adele is there's a good chance he will spend time in the minors to begin the season. It seems almost For certain sure. at this point that he'll go down, but how quickly does he come back up? Because that waiting period when you don't have a lot of bench spots, that gets tricky. So... It's kind of like I'm arguing with myself. Like I want to draft him there, but I can't have a lot of players like him. Yeah, it's, can't have so much fun. And also, look, man, the year I'm looking at is 2018. So in 2018, it was in rookie ball, low A and high A. He had 186 at bats. Um, he hit 269. It's fine. He stole some bases, 15 stolen bases. Struck out 52 times and 186 at bats, and uh, walked 12 times. And he had exactly zero home runs. Exactly zero. Now, the the point I'm making is that these guys, all all baseball players, they have their development growth, and then the next year he exploded, right? But there was a, there was a period, and his strikeout rate still is scary. You know, even in 2019 when he hit 32 home runs and 503 at bats and stole 36 bases, that's really good. Um, he struck out 129 times and only walked 28 times. So, you know, I mean, he's great. But I just think I don't think he's going to return twenty seven dollars, twenty five dollars. I would take Aaron Judge ahead of him, even with the injury problems. Can I just throw out the one thing that I think we're all kind of missing here that could screw everything up for any kind of prognostication on the Chicago White Sox? Tony Larusa. That's a yeah. team. This this is a young, exciting clubhouse, uh, and he's coming in like as this old. I mean, look, it might, he might be the perfect guy for this team. You know what I mean? Like, he might be fun. This could go, I think, one of two ways. Either he's incredible for this locker room, or they completely revolt and, like, decide not to play a game because they hate him so much until he's gone. 
he may limit the running. And, I don't know, man. He was, wasn't he Ricky Henderson's coach? Uh, manager? I think, he, I think he was Vince Coleman's manager, so you may be right. But he, again, about Louis Robert. Well, I'm saying his, he, could, he could be the guy who's like, Robert's got to go down. You know what I mean? Like another manager, yeah, like, no, let him play it out. He, or maybe he's the guy who's like, let him play it out up here, man. That's how he's going to learn. Like that's the crazy part about Tony La Russa. I don't know which way he's going to go with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, it. we'll see. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, the 73 strikeouts and 202 at-bats, that's really a lot of strikeouts. I mean, that's a lot for in the major leagues last year. It's 73 strikeouts. In, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a weird season. Yeah, but if you extrapolate that over a full season of 600 at-bats, you're looking at 215 or 210 strikeouts. That's a lot of strikeouts, man. Another good thing is Yohan Mankata uh, was, was that. And he basically like fixed it in the off season, and I'm sure he could pull Robert aside and be like, "Listen, this is what I did, and now look at me. Like, I'm yeah, awesome. but I but fixed look at, it. I, yeah, yeah but not it. last year. Mankata struggled. I mean, again, sixty games, but right. he struggled. So, I mean, there's there's just I don't know. I I just prefer uh, guys who when when I'm early. Look, Nando, this is something we've been talking about for years now. When you're early, early drafts, don't draft the boom bust guys. You know, save that for later in the draft. And at 35, you're building your team around the guy. And if he if he fails, it's going to be tough to win. It's going to be tough to stay in the in in the race for the money. So if I said, all right, show's over. Thanks, everyone, for joining us right now. Uh, you'd feel like, and I'm sure DVR would feel like, we did not do in any way a good, complete show, right? But if I told you ahead of time, we got a 20-minute show today, I'm sure there would be some Ian Zingers in there. It would be compact. We would hit all our points, and there'd be a sense of urgency. We'd maybe even try and do too much. And I, I guess that's – and this just hit me. I hadn't thought this through, but I suppose that might be a metaphor for how some guys viewed this shortened season. Like, I got to get in what I can get in in those 60 games. Let me just throw everything away that I've – you know, the patience, the the nuances, all this and that, and let me just maybe. go, 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 go for these 60 games. Maybe. I don't know if it's the perfect metaphor, but that's maybe a way of thinking about how some people approached it. It, it it's a it, you know it's it's really fun. I really do recommend it. Like go get yourself in. And if one fifty is a little steep right now because of what's going on in the world, I think there's still fifty dollar ones that you could do or a hundred dollar ones. I'm I think not positive. Man. But but if you can if you can get 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 started with it, start seeing it, or even do a mock draft. Though mocks are are a little bit, they're kind of you know what I mean. But like a mocks. Really, no, you want to you can do best ball tens. How about that? Yeah, okay. But it's but not start, 50 rounds. Start thinking it through, you know? Start really it, it's a good time as your fantasy football season is ending. It's a good time to really start looking into stuff. All right, TVR, where do you want to go with this? I'm going to look up the NFBC lobby right now and see what's out there. Uh where would you like to go with the ADPs? We said we we're going to go deeper, so we better get deeper than 35. Um Let's go down to the. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> I think we should go a little deeper than that. Let's go past Jerks and Profar because we talk about him a lot on this show. Like Let's him. talk about Austin Riley for a minute. Yeesh. Austin yeah. Riley's interesting because he fits into this conversation. Austin Riley came up to the big leagues, struck out too much, and you know tore the cover off the ball right from the jump and fell into a deep slump. Right, that's what happened in 2019. Comes back in 2020 in the shortened season. Knocks the K rate down from 36.4% to 23.8%. It's a huge improvement. I think you're going to find a lot of guys that shaved 10 plus percentage points off the K rate last season. But he did it while walking a bit more. Held on to a lot of the power. Still homered eight times. And I think he's got a spot to call his own. 
in Atlanta. You know, I think there's a very good chance that they're going to rely on him as a regular in that lineup. I think one of the drawbacks might be that he's probably bottom half of the lineup. Six, seven spot is probably where he lands most days because you've got plenty of quality bats there. But sixth or seventh in that lineup might not be bad from a run production standpoint. So I have to ask, are you guys believers in what Austin Riley showed with that plate discipline growth in the shortened season? If we could be spooked by bad plate discipline, can we be encouraged by good plate discipline when we're talking about 200 or so plate appearances? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, at 216, if you are, I kind of don't hate it. What I don't love and I'm not sure about is I'm looking at his war for the year and his war was minus 0.5, right? For 188 at-bats. This is baseball reference. And that war suggests, I don't know what his fielding metrics are. Are, are they good? He's a below average defensive player, but he's not pitiful to the point where he's going to lose playing time well, that was based, the on the, based on the core metrics anyway. I mean, I think I think there's a spot for him, and I think that if you need power, there's upside there. Yeah, I don't I don't hate Austin Riley going in next year. I'm not targeting him necessarily, but but if he falls and I need, he might he might solve the problem. Actually, exit velo went up to 89.4 in 2019, up to 91 last year, still barreling up the ball quite a bit. There's a buddy of mine who reached out to me about a trade that he's thinking about um like should i move this guy and and part of the the return was austin riley and i was like yeah i don't know man but now that i'm looking at it and i'm looking at you know different things about him it's like possibly yeah pretty good well i was gonna say what's the percentage chance that we get a dh again in the national league i think it's pretty high is what i'm hearing i mean what i'm hearing makes it sound like i'm in with you know the with the commissioner i'm not well you're Ian um, Khan. Yeah, no, I don't have that. But 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 in articles, I'm I'm reading that the owners just want to hold it out as so they can get something back for it. You know, it's like they're squeezing the players for like a, a draft pick of some kind. Um, but I, I think they should, man. I, I I did not miss pitchers hitting at all in any way. There's nothing about it that I missed. Um, but either way, I think there's not much at third base. I mean, Johan Camargo. Yeah, well, I think they like his defense, right? I think one of the the uh, when we did a beat writer roundup last year, David O'Brien said, I think they like Camargo's defense. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, yeah. but I, I, I think that there's, I think there's playing time. I think there's upside. I, I, I prefer Austin Riley to Joe Adele this year in terms of uh, what you're going to get. I'm worried back to Adele for a second. I'm worried that the angels are going to sign another outfielder to go with Upton and with trout on a one year yeah. deal. I, I can know. see that it's, I mean, they're definitely stuck with that Upton contract. <laughs> I, I wonder if they're at the point, though, where Otani might play some outfield. Is that out of the question? Well, can that, that'll move us right to Otani on, on the list, right? Because I drafted Otani, and he was at 248. And I don't remember where I got him, uh, but somewhere around there. And he was just sitting there, and I was like, you know what? I'm taking him. It was round. Hold on, draft board. Here's the draft board. I can tell you exactly where I took him. I took him in the twentieth round. In the twentieth round, yeah. Right after I took uh, Jamison Tyon in the fourteenth, in the fifteenth round. I love that, that. dude. He is. I mean, like, I don't know what what the problem is with Tyon. He was two seventy three. He's back for Tommy John. I mean, I know it's a second one, but whatever. Like, 
He's on such a cheap contract too. That's why the Yankees were poking around about him. Um, but yeah, no, but Otani, I took him at 20 on, on the upside chance that he might actually pitch it, it, but I, I, or if he just becomes the full-time designated hitter or outfielder, that would be kind of awesome. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, to me, having Otani at 248, everyone should just take him. I, I would much rather have Otani going into next year than Joe Adele. Uh, well, yeah, that's. I think that's obviously a lot safer, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, especially if you're looking at Otani the hitter. Well, I, don't, I actually don't know how that's going to play out. If he is honest, a full-time man. hitter sitting against certain lefties, I, I see an upside of 265 average with 27 home runs and 22 stolen bases. That's what I see. But but I, I you know I love watching him. I love why Shohei Otani because he he wasn't very good. I mean he was beyond not very good. I mean well, he's come back from Tommy John though. I know, but he was Nuke Lelouch from Bull Durham. By the way, if no one's seen Bull, if you have not seen Bull Durham, and you're who's, listening, who's listening to the show who hasn't seen Bull Durham, there is a 23 year old who was not alive when Bull Durham came out. That's why I'm saying it for that 23 year old. <laughs> you gotta watch Bull Durham. Well, I don't know. DVR, have you seen Bull Durham? Yeah, I've seen Bull Durham. It was. Hyped so much that my expectations were unfairly high, and those expectations were not completely met. Oh, no. man. Bull Durham is the best baseball movie of all time. I don't want any more hate reviews on the pod. I don't want to call the movie overrated because that, <laughs> that'll just lead to another parade of one-star reviews. And Dude, we don't, need, we don't that. need that right now. We need five-star reviews if you're able to, uh, to drop Actually, one. Yeah. greatly drop appreciate a, if you, that. If you enjoy the show, do do drop us a nice review. I think the problem I had with Bull Durham is that I thought it was going to be more about baseball and less about the love story. Oh, too much nudity for DVR. Yeah, Midwest? that's right. That's that's what it is. It's, uh, it's too much nudity for me and my, my Midwestern sensibilities. But <laughs> It's usually the other way around. You know what it is, though? It's just it's exactly what I was describing. People built that movie up so much. I heard so much about Bull Durham. As I was growing up and you know getting into baseball, and I just thought it was going to be amazing, and it was it's good, it's fine, it's just not the best baseball movie, and I think a lot of people would put it atop their list. Yeah, I would for sure. I like the Natural. Oh, uh, the Natural is also very good, and Robert Prosky just passed away, and he played the bad guy in that, and he was very, very, very good. Yeah, he was. He was really good in that movie, and so was Robert Redford. Really good in the movie. There you go. The book's weird. I don't know if anyone read the book, but it's a weird book. Did you read the book? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. No. No. Is, no is reason not. No. Right. Wait, uh, go, do you guys think that Bull Durham <laughs> is better than Major League? Yes. Because I think that's a uh, fair comparison since they it, came out around the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, it's hard to compare some baseball movies to others because The Sandlot's a movie for children. I, I like The Sandlot a lot. It's one of my favorite baseball movies. But I feel like that movie was made for kids. It's also about kids, but it's made for kids. Neither Bull Durham nor Major League was made for children, and they both came out in the late 80s. So I feel like you can more fairly compare them, even though Major League is clearly a comedy and Bull Durham is not. Oh, Bull Durham is absolutely a comedy. Bull Durham that's, is oh, all right. Well, romance movie, Ian. Yeah, that's we, weird, but I consider Bull Durham a comedy. Come on, Robert Wall. Come on, guys. What the hell is going on out here? And then Kevin Costner at his best goes, "Well, he he his eyelids are are are. are he, and we still can't figure out what to get Tommy and Sandy for their for their wedding present. We're dealing with a lot of serious stuff." It's like, okay, well, you know, candlesticks are always good, and uh, and uh, come on, let's play ball. I mean. It, 
there's a lot of very I, I love Bull Durham. There's I give ma- I give Bull Durham one to ten. I'll give it a nine point two, and I'll give Major League a seven point five. It's a rom com. Would you not, give Mr. Baseball? Never saw it, and I do oh love it. that might be Is your top good? three. Really, oh, I liked it. I haven't I like, seen it in twenty years. I like Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac was Bernie Mac was the Mac Man. He was he was pretty great. How about Mr. Destiny? Never saw it. So oh, I say, come on, man. I, get guess on I, these. I guess I'm me saying. Did you ever that, see Field of Dreams? Yes, and I don't like Field of Dreams. I mean, I like it fine, but I give that like a seven, no more than a seven. All right. Well, this seems so more good. like a rates and barrels conversation. Not really an under the radar one. Well, I. Yeah, I think you're probably right. There's one guy on this list that I think is way, 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 way too high. And that is... You did it all in one breath. You turned in one breath. <laughs> turned Washington's spies. Clint Frazier at 178. I do not understand that. Too I low? do not... Too high. He's uh, not going to play every day. You loved him for like a good month. You loved him. No, I never did. I never loved him. I appreciated the fact that he was wearing a mask at the plate. Same way I appreciate Didi Gregorius for wearing a mask. But Clint Frazier at 178 does not make sense to me. I just don't, watching the Yankees, I don't believe that he's going to be an everyday player. So how are you going to pick a guy at 178 if he's not going to be an everyday player? Am I wrong? I think he's going to be an everyday player. How are they going to crowd it? Because if they didn't add an outfielder, you'd have Talkman kind of as the fourth outfielder or at least competing with Frazier for the left field job. Mm-hmm. Hicks is the regular and center. Judge is the regular and right. Healthy Stanton DHing. Do they bring back Gardner? Do they mm-hmm. bring another Gardner type in? I mean, if that happens, no, because you have Cliff Frazier. They shouldn't bring another outfielder in. But I, I thought that last year too. All right-handed hitters. Everybody's a righty. Everybody on that team. Aaron Hicks is the only switch hitter that we got. I mean, if if Lemayhu goes away, it's it's sort of different. But I, I just I I don't I don't think that Frazier is going to be a an impact player for the Yankees this year. Frazier had a 394 on base percentage last. He year. cannot field. Like Eight literally. Home runs. Yes, he can't catch. Like he can't catch the ball. Sure. Like if he has to if he has to move more than 10 feet, he struggles, man. I mean, like it's like I watch with my son and I'm like, "Oh my god." It's like when I'm coaching little league and the ball's hit to one of my outfielders that can't really catch and that feeling of, "Okay, Do you want to name him?" The one who can't catch? Yeah. I love the kid. No, what's wrong with you, I don't know, it's fine. Come on, these Little, kids. No. It was a joke. No, I thought you were serious. <laughs> no, but do you know how hard I've been working with <laughs> to get him to, so he can catch the ball? So that's, but my point is, look, Mr. <laughs> dad, who I love and is always there at practice, like we've been working with, I, I think he would be fine. In fact, I'll call him after the show. And if Mr. has an issue with it, I will edit this before this yeah, ever happens. No, come on. Part out. I'm just going to take this part out. You, you don't need to. No. I'm telling you. But the point is that in... Can you leave this in and just beep out the name? Because I think that's actually funnier. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the All right, play. fine. Yeah. But look, the point... That's not the freaking point. The freaking point is that the that when the ball goes up to Clint Frazier in left or right field, I have that same sense of, oh, gosh, come on, dude. You can do it. That's not what I want in my outfielder in the major leagues over the course of 162 games. Well, let me ask you this. What you're doing with this child, uh, don't you think the Yankees are doing with Clint Frazier? (laughs) They should. but Wouldn't that make sense? It would make sense. But it's, it's weird because when he came up, he was the fifth pick in the draft. It was out of Georgia, got picked by the Indians. And, and he was, you know what he was? He was a center fielder. And it's like he doesn't understand the angles on, on in the corners. 
I may be being too hard on the guy. And look, if well, he's, he's never been the, hard on Clint Frazier before. If he's the starter, I'm going to be like, go Clint. I just don't understand 178. That doesn't make sense to me, though, because look, we got Joey Gallo at 171. Can we talk about Joey Gallo for one second? And whether are we is everyone just done? Like, is everyone just finished? Because I picked Joey Gallo on this team. I took Joey Gallo at, hold on, yeah, in the 10th round. So I got him at 150. And last year, people were getting him at 63. Or is Joey Gallo just done, guys? Uh, he might fit your whole boring profile. Yeah, not really boring. I mean, he's just... I mean, he's dependably low average, high power, right? I mean, but if he can hit 240, I, he could have... Joey Gallo could have a monster year coming up. Monster. And at 150, 170, I'm taking that... He's at 171, so I reached because I wasn't going to pick again until 180. And I did not think he was going to make it back to me at 180. But the upside on that guy... And now, yeah, he could be just a total average drain. It's tough to have that on your team. But if he, if he, and if he doesn't do it, and if he's a bum and he's no good, he's not a bum, but just as a, as a fantasy draft pickup, then you just don't play him. But he could be a second round player if he puts it all together. He's moving into his, you know, junior year in the under the radar parlance. I guess you, maybe you could, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call him an injury risk either because that was just a 2019 thing. And he's, he's not, I mean, he's only outfield. You want him in the outfield. You want his outfield eligibility. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a weird. That's, maybe people just don't want the low average. DVR, what do you think? Joe Gallo. He didn't like the ballpark in Texas, the new dimensions. Thought that was uh, a, a bit big. I remember that being a complaint. So maybe that's where some of the power went. But I do like him where he's going. He's always the kind of player that you have to kind of build specifically for. You got to make sure you get a high volume, high average sort of player to offset the low 200s likely batting average you're going to get. I mean, 253 in 2019, that was only a half season. That was everything falling into place. I don't think we can reasonably expect any improvement with the K rate at this point because we're almost 1,800 big league plate appearances in. So it's what you see is what you get. But cheap power, he's a good enough defender to play every day. And I think the numbers that kind of stand out to me, aside from the fact that he was on pace for three consecutive 40 home run seasons before the injury in 2019 is that you're going to get runs and you're going to get RBIs to go along with it, right? He's just one of those players. He's going to drive in runs and he's going to score runs. And he actually steals a handful of bases too. So yeah, he's he not does. a zero in that category. So if you can get a good source of high batting average to offset it, I think Joey Gallo is a very good choice for cheap power because even though he doesn't like the dimensions of that new park, he has top-of-the-scale raw power. He's going to get his. I mean, if he hit fewer than 30 home runs over a full season, I'd be stunned. You know, he would have to have played with a broken wrist all year or something to not get into the upper 30s and approach 40. And he has those hot times, like the Justin Upton, like, two-week runs where you hit, like, nine home runs in two weeks. Joey Gallo does do that. So... You know, I, Justin Upton actually. He's in in the he he's not being drafted. People just don't want him. I, I don't 404. understand. 404.8. Yeah. 404.76. And doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense to me. Well, Shogo Akiyama's 402. That's that's I, I would take Upton. No, it's not, but I would take yes, Upton it is. over. No, it's not. All right, Upton versus Akiyama into the next year. Chris, write it down. I've got Upton uh, making more money for sure than Shogo Akiyama. What's what's wrong with Akiyama in your mind? 
no power. I guess it depends on what, you know. It depends on what you're looking for. I suppose at that point, if you're talking to the four hundreds, you know, you're you're around what twenty five. Yeah, right. No, deeper, deeper. Thirty five. Thirty five. No, we're doing some back of the napkin math here. No, four hundred. You're in like row twenty seven, twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. So you know, and and in that. Area I was taking Madison Bumgarner. The, in, I took Austin Slater twenty four. I took. I, I got to say this. I took you. Oh, I actually really like twenty through. I'm going to read twenty through thirty real quick. Otani at twenty. Alex Reyes at twenty one. Oh yeah. Ty France at twenty two. Your boy. AJ Puck at twenty three. I'm buying there. Austin Slater at twenty four. Mm, we'll see. Madison Bumgarner at twenty five. This is like you have a soundboard. This is like the Ian soundboard after every pick. This is amazing. This is Ian Pepe Silva episode. <laughs> Jeremy Jeffress at twenty six can never have too many closers or maybe closers. And then this is where I got <laughs> Roman Quinn and Martin Perez. That's when I slept in. That was very sad. And then Na Sung Bum at twenty nine, who just got posted, and Jose Iglesias at thirty, which I'm very kind of psyched about. Because I'm kind of hoping that Iglesias is going to help with the batting average issues with Joey Gallo and others. Fair. That's a fair assessment. He almost hit 400 last year. For a little while, he was, dead, he was kissing 400. Yeah, he was. He, he, he hit. He hit. Here's here's one. For those of you who have never seen uh, Bull Durham, I'm sure you've played Toe Jam and Earl Panic on Planet Funkatron. <laughs> uh, every once in a while, they'd be like, oh, yeah, in the background. And that <laughs> just reminded me of that. Shogokiyama, oh yeah. <laughs> is that Jeremy even Jeffers the original Toe Jam and Earl? That's a sequel, isn't it? It's a sequel, yeah. It's part it's a Sega Genesis, I believe. I it was amazing an amazing, amazing, awesome game where you shake the presents from the trees and stuff. But <laughs> in the background there was just a subtle like, yeah, love it. You better believe it. Like that kind of stuff. And that's, that's how I feel about this team. Love it. Better believe it. Daniel Lynch, thirty seventh round. Yeah, baby. That's Akiyama's deep. gonna steal. 30 bases and, and score a billion runs next year at the okay. top of that Reds order. Okay. Okay. I say no more than 300 at-bats. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. DVR I talked got- to Trevor May on his other show, by the way. Did he? How'd that go? Yeah, I remember that. How'd that go, DVR? It's good. Trevor May is great. Does live streaming, a lot of gaming. It was really cool telling us about his process, too. So, you know, Some guys, you ask them questions about what they're up to on the field, and they don't like it, and he was really helpful. I like it. I mean... He's the Mets closer, right? No, no, no. He's not the Mets closer. closer. Talking about him is he's the closer. I wanted him to go to a team without another elite reliever on it, and I think with Edwin Diaz in that pen, it's always possible that Diaz 
ends up working the seventh and the eighth, and someone else could close. So May could get saves I mean, there. It's possible, but uh, if he had gone to the Angels instead of them making that trade for Rysel Iglesias, yeah, I would have penciled and, him in for thirty saves with the Angels. And you have Rysel at one hundred five has to go up, right? Nice look at that transition. He has to. Right? He has to. Right? No, he no. doesn't. He's, He's closer. No he wasn't a closer. The He's last no two good. Years. Yeah, he He's, was. He wasn't. I mean, he good. was. He was replaced by some guys at the end of games and put up. Yeah, yeah. He was. He, he his got usage into a fight. was weird. He got into a fight with David Bell. That did not go well for him. Um, but Iglesias, he's just not. I mean, hold on. He he wasn't great last year, guys. I mean, he was decent. He was awesome. That was like the best season we ever had from him. Yeah, yeah man. Actually. Come on, Ian. This is a two to one DVR win, I think. Yeah. Lowest right. walk rate of his career, highest strikeout rate of his career. Throws three pitches, too. I, I thought he was underrated when mm. draft season started. I, I think the Reds trust their ability to find relievers on the cheap, right? I mean, they've got a new pitching system in place and. So far, so good, but they're really going to test it this year. I, I look at Iglesias. I, I see a top five closer because of job security wow, and, okay. and skills. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm wrong because I'm looking a little closer. No, I'm, I I never felt that way about Rysel Iglesias I until I started looking at him more closely. I used to. I used to love him when he came up as a starter. I was a huge fan of his. In fact... Uh, my buddy Scott Gilroy, who you know, Nando, you know Scotty. Yeah, he's in our um, leagues. Yeah, yeah I played in the league with Scott. I know Scott. And and DVR knows Scott. So he and I are in talks for a trade right now, a dynasty trade. And I would say it was three years ago, I sold him Rossell Iglesias straight up for Joey Gallo. And then it all comes back la- to Joey Gallo today. Huh? Well, no, but n- then last night I offered him a trade. Robert Mershak and I offered him a deal of uh, Joey Gallo and Davey Garcia in a dynasty league. For Marcelo Zuno, what do you think? David Garcia is your guy. I I know. I'll but... always associate David Garcia with you. Really? I mean, yeah, hundred percent, man. Yeah, well, no, because you talked about him on the show like a year before he got his shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, what do you think of the deal? I think it's he's still in a he's in a rebuild, and yeah. we're in a. Defend championship. I um, mean, Marcelo Zuna's Joey Gallo esque in a weird way, and that you can depend on certain numbers from him at this point. I, I mean, he, he was so remarkable last year. I mean, I think it, it, it's sort of breaking my rule, which is like it's sort of the opposite, which is I'm selling low on Gallo and buying high on Ozuna, which I don't like to do, and giving up a, a young arm who has 100 innings of minor league eligibility still. You know, I mean, he's got another, I guess it's probably about 75 innings, but you can, he could be stashed down in the minors. I don't know. I, I think it was a, it was a fair trade. He decided not to do it last night. Um, DVR, what did you think? What do you think of that deal? I don't think Gallo, if I'm rebuilding as a guy that I'm seeking out because I worry that that skill set, you know, it's all power and we like him for 2021. It's not a good long term skill set because if the K rate creeps up to the 40% range, He's done, and he's he's kind of flirting with that already. He has flirted with that already, right? So there's not a lot of give in that regard, and I could see him being the kind of guy that as his club control comes to an end, the Rangers just say, see ya, and he becomes more of a part-time player and washes out. Mm, I don't see any of that. I don't see it going that way. I think he's going to have a big year this year. I really do. I like him for 21. I just don't think he's a great long-term piece for keeper and dynasty. Okay, cool. Well, I asked. Ian, I uh, so I, obviously 
I hope the whole entire world respects you because you've, you're in like the Adam Ronis category of just consistently winning now. But I wonder, and I don't want to get inside your head, if we have this conversation again with ADP in March, early March, mm-hmm. I wonder if you've come around on discounting the 2020 season at all. Like as you've dug more into things and seen more things and read more things. Because I'm getting the vibe that you're like, you're really, and maybe I'm the crazy one, which is probably the case. But like, I'm just like almost thrown away. 2020 and you're talking about it like it's like it's gospel and dvr is i guess i don't know dvr choose a side but, but still like i just wonder i wonder if because it seems like a lot of your analysis right now is based on the 2020 season and i wonder if later on that might change a little bit i'm not saying that's a good or bad thing i'm just actually just thinking this out loud yeah no it's 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 the last <laughs> i see uh no i i i take the 2020 season it mattered to me a lot so um and What's good is like guys like Gary Sanchez, who I think you were saying is like, you know, he's feeling he was he was scared, he was, he was frustrated, it was, you know, he was pressing. I, I agree with that. And I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that discount moving forward. But then some guys, it just was an opportunity to watch more closely because there wasn't that much else going on in life, right? There was nobody was going anywhere. So I was watching baseball as much as baseball was on. And I saw things, right? I saw players, I, I'm always looking at their uh, person. Right. I'm watching Pete Alonzo. We've talked about this, but get really frustrated <laughs> and really mad at himself. And I, I ding you for that because that's not, you're not going to find, you got to find balance. Baseball is all about balance. It's all about being comfortable. It's all about um, growing your confidence. And when I see guys who flail like that, it concerns me and I, I will downgrade them. A guy like Marcelo Zuna, I mean, I got to say, it was Todd Zola that put me on Marcelo Zuna to say, I don't really want to buy him personally, but the, the the setup of that league, like we're in really good shape. We've got a lot of extra pieces and to consolidate in that way and bring Ozuna on, even if he's not going to hit 338 like he did last year, but he'll he'll be on the upper side of the 290s for sure, or eh, not for sure, but one would, one would think depending on where he lands. So, you know, it was, a, it was a really good season for me to be able to really look at players and see how they developed. Uh, so I feel like I, I I am not downgrading it too much. DVR, where are you at? I, I've been counting it, but trying to Frankenstein it into 2019. And I, I feel like that just gives me a longer track record to keep me from overrating players that did well in the shortened season and keep me from underrating players who didn't. So... I think what keeps happening to me is I end up getting on more bounce back players than usual because uh, in the example, Mitch Garver, for instance, I think Mitch Garver's 2019 tells us more than his 2020. I'm not saying that I don't care about his 2020, but as I try and decide what's coming next from him, I look at 2019 with probably something that's closer to equal weight to 2020. Usually the most recent season carries sure. half of the value, right? And then previous seasons carry the other half, and it's probably 30-20 <laughs> on 19 and 18. That's that's more normal, but I'm probably just more 50-50 with 19 versus 20 and not really looking at 2018 all that much at all. You know, it's. I think it also. I think it's also a situation where you get to kind of find what you want to find about a player, right? I mean, like you wanted Mitch Garver. You interestingly in XFL, you let Mitch Garver go at a good price and ended up getting him back in the auction for cheaper. But Ryan Jeffers is number one on the depth chart right now, at least at ESPN. Um, 
and you wonder how 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 much time Jeffers is going to get and Garver. But you know, I think we, we we look to see who we like. I mean, there are guys who I just don't understand. Like I don't get Christian Walker. People love Christian Walker. I don't get him. I don't believe it. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I like him. Yeah. Statcast machine. He's a Statcast machine. I'm gonna miss Kevin. Kevin Crone's no longer there to steal at bats. <laughs> right, that's true. He's, He's gone to Korea, I believe. <laughs> He's gone to Korea. Um, were you surprised that Dylan Bundy was at 97? You thought it would be higher. Yeah, I thought it would. I thought everyone was like, "Hey, Dylan Bundy figured it out. He's amazing now. He's out of Baltimore. He's the greatest pitcher in the world." And I still think 97 is kind of low for the way people reacted to him last year. No, I think that's about right. In fact, I think that's a little high for me. I wouldn't uh, grab him at 97. I mean, I would say I would grab him at 97. I was just surprised. You know, it's kind of like. I actually don't know who it's compared to right now. You hear the same thing over and over and over again. You're like, oh, this must be. Oh, you know what it is? It's DVR watching Bull Durham. <laughs> I, all this stuff about Dylan Bundy, and I look at it like 97. Geez, like people are talking about him, like he should be like you know, top 70. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. The guy, the guy who I would be higher on is Michael Conforto for next year. I think he's figured it out. I think he's he's going to be a target of mine, and he's at 74 right now. I, to me, he's a top 50 player. Yeah, me too. They, he was another one. I would take him over uh, over Pete Alonso in a minute. Uh, why can't you have both? You can, but I'm just saying, like, I'm looking, would I take Judge or Conforto? I think I would take Judge. Would I take Vlad or Conforto? I think I would take Vlad, actually, because of the weight loss. Would I take Alonso at 60 or Conforto at 74? I would take Conforto at 60. But I would take Judge at 40. Easily. I mean, I would, I, I, you could make the argument to me, I, I could make the argument that I would take Judge as a second round pick, late second round. We've been down this road before when yeah, uh, but Nando before, wanted to pay top dollar for Judge and we told him not to do it. Yeah. I was told to get Justin Upton instead. No, stop. Um, <laughs> no, it was Aaron Judge you wanted to take with the eighth pick and both DVR and I said, yeah, you can, but he's going to be available at 23. And then he was. And you didn't take him even at 23, if I remember correctly. <laughs> You're like, ah, yeah, then I saw this guy. I wanted to take him. Should we do yeah. the, we should do the, we should do the emails real quick. Yeah, we run out of time. Ian's got an out. Man, you got to get out of here. I don't have a hard out, but I have a, yeah, I do actually. I have a hard out. I, I thought we would be uh, closer to finish right now. Yeah. Oh, so we, we should hold this till the next show. It's fine. No, let's read the emails. They, they it's write evergreen. emails. It's nice. It's, right, yeah, it's emails. I mean, it's it's read. All right, go ahead. Uh, Ian, you're very excited about this. You, okay. Uh, you. Live I got this. I, I got you. I, I've Nick. looked through these notes. I'll I'll run through them, and you guys can respond to them. Okay, cool. All right, so awesome. Levi wrote in. His league has multiple commissioners, which is a good idea, because then you don't have to deal. You're doing the toe jam and Earl. Nice. Yeah, I was doing the Ian. <laughs> multiple commissioners is a good idea. One person in a keeper league shouldn't have to do all the work. So toe jam and Ian. <laughs> get, a co- get a co-commissioner if you don't Always get one. a co-commissioner. It's very good. Like in, in my dynasty league, Ari Sunshine is our it, like commissioner. And I'm the person who comes in if you haven't paid or if you're not setting your lineup. And I call you and I go, excuse me, what the hell are you doing? But Ari takes care of all the administrative stuff. Yeah, so administrative stuff, one to collect money, one to manage keeper values on the site. You know, anything that you can kind of farm out to different people, you should do that. Two to three commissioners, good idea. Their league also has something they call the Cliff Lee rule, which enables a team to void a trade if a player involved in a trade ends up on the injured list between the time Mm -hmm. the trade was agreed to and the time the player gets into the lineup for his or her new team. And I think there's also like a 10-day option, too. It's whichever comes first, right? So that way, you don't get burned by the timing of, hey, I made an offer. This guy got hurt. Now it's a lopsided trade, and 
I just got ripped off. Right? You know, having a provision for that's a good idea. So I thought that was clever. Uh, Andy wanted to know in his league where they go, uh, they add they add price, they add dollars to the price of keepers after the second year. So you pay what you pay in the auction year one. That's the price for year two. Year three is a plus seven. And any additional year that you keep them after that, you have to add 10 before holding Yeesh. on to them. So in that case, he's looking for prospects who either came up and didn't play a lot or still haven't debuted yet. Guys that would be good, like cheap, under $8 guys for this year that would make for good keepers. I don't like this setup at all. I mean, that's it gets expensive really fast. I mean, you can't really keep a guy past three years or four years. Well, I mean, you get him for a buck. It'd be three, three, ten, and twenty for the first four years if you got a player who was coming up. This That's what year. I mean. I mean, I, I mean, you get in value for the first three. I, I, I just think they should be uh, lower. But yeah, sure, go get Kellenic, uh, Wander Franco. Don't do Alec Baum, Mountcastle. Fine, I guess. And Mackenzie Gore. I kind of like Mackenzie Gore this year. I think that there's that there's good. But yes, young position players far more predictable than young pitchers. Without question. The other email we got was from Ryan. What they do is they have people pay 125 every season. This is good. I like this one. And 100 stays for that season. 25 goes towards the final season, which they set at a six-year mark. So it's Keeper League where they keep six players and incrementally increase the draft rounds that it costs to keep a player. But they have this six-year endpoint, and then the league resets, right? If anybody wants yeah. out, then you can replace them. It's kind of a nice way to have a, an off-ramp for people that don't want to stay in the league forever, but they don't want to be bad and bail a couple years in. Mm-hmm. I like that. I really I like do. that a I lot, like, actually. That's I like that idea. a lot. I think it's, I also like the line? idea. I, I, I think it's a good idea to put it for a keeper league, to give it a six-year thing. The only problem with that, there's a, there's a downside. Let's say you've won year, th- year four, and your next move is to build for the future. You're kind of out of luck, right? Yeah, it's hard to do a, a late teardown in a situation. Yeah, you can't like do a that. late teardown in a situation like that. Then it just becomes like you know, prospects cease to mean anything. But I'm not keeps sure I everybody that. trying though, right? It, it, yeah, no, I don't. I don't know. I, it's interesting. I, I like the twenty five dollars. And what what you could do, I don't know. It's a, if we had more time, we could dig deeper. But maybe next week we can wait. Dig so that one does all that. This is the part I don't get. Maybe I just read it too fast. But all the twenty five, the extra twenty five dollars. Go to a big pot in year six. Yeah, yeah, it's a bonus pot for that last year. Yeah, see, I think I would like it better if you did that, but then like the sixth year was free, and that's when we can swing the door open and shut for people to leave and go. So if you got to bring someone else in, they're in for free, and they can tinker around for that one year for free. I just, I just like bringing someone in for free. And you're oh, restarting yeah, right, everybody. Yeah, again. right. They restart. So it, there's no, there's no upside to that. They also have. So what happens is if you leave after the fourth year, you've paid. You know, five hundred dollars, right? One twenty-five every year. Well, of that money, a hundred dollars of your entry fees is for the last year. So if you leave, that's gone. That that stays in the pool, and you leave. You don't get that hundred dollars back since you didn't finish out the league. And you want to read that last one, the the one from uh, our friend who email. I'll read it. You can read I the will. entire email. Yeah, I think so. I mean, can we? No. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, you're the one who's got to go. 
Um, yeah. Hey, guys. I can't put into words how great last week's podcast was based on my tweet about Dynasty Leagues. I wasn't expecting for it to turn into anything. It turned into one of the more geeked out experiences of my life. That's cool. I waited a bit to follow up to see if Ian's burner account would respond to the tweet because he said he owes me one. I don't know why I owe him one. I don't remember saying I owe him one. But apparently, Nick Gaspari, I owe you one. So, hey, I, I owe you one. Let me know if you got a big trade and I'll, I'll give you... Uh, I'll give you feedback free, free, but he did not. Maybe it's one of those situations where I schedule a 15 minute call him since he enjoys talking fantasy. Haha, <laughs> kidding. It was mentioned on the pod about doing a follow-up episode on how to build a dynasty team from scratch. I think it would be really popular and extremely informational. We can call it the Festivus Dynasty episode because it's for the rest of us. What site is a good site as a dynasty startup? Fantrax was endorsed and disliked. I still endorse. Also a site called Maki. No, that's that's DVR's league. Maki, M-A-K-I, was mentioned. I Googled everything, could not find it. That's probably why. Thank you for all you guys do. The fact that I sent one small tweet, turned in a full pod mention. It was a really cool experience. Be well and be safe, Nick Gaspari. Thanks, Nick. And thanks for your uh, for your email. As you can tell, if you guys send us an email, we're going to definitely read it and maybe even read it on the air. And we might even do a show about it, especially during episode. this time. Yeah, entire episode. Yeah. All right, we got a wrap. I got to go. Oh, why don't you bring us home then? Uh, no, you do it. <laughs> no, you do it. Uh, we are we are so <laughs> delighted. Thank you for listening, as always, to Under the Radar. So for my friend uh, who who is up in Syracuse, but there are no stink bugs around, Nando DeVino. Great to be here, guys. For my friend Derek Van Riper, who should rewatch Bull Durham a second time when he doesn't have such high expectations. That's great advice. It is a rom-com, though. I'm Ian Khan, and we will be back the first week of January. Have a very safe and happy holiday season to all. Thank you, and talk to you then. Good, Good talk. talk. Bull or Bull Durham? Bull or Bull Durham? Bye. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.